Pink Midnight. Pink Midnight. Pink Midnight. seven or eight others, and we have a wild nine way. Joseph Adams, I am shocked. Are you suggesting an orgy? Do you want me to be in the middle of an enormous flesh sandwich? Are you kidding? I'm afraid the only thing this group can manage is a little sneaky infidelity. Oh, let me do it. Now, Keith. Oh, no, come on. You're no fun. Let's ditch. Well, see the blonde by the doorway? I don't know personally, but she's been known to uh, travel a little. Name's Lucy. Oh, all right, Lucy. Then there's Bobby Bailey. Oh, yes. He definitely has wandering eyes. I see. Watch the hands, Roger. Do you think that maybe Bobby Bailey and Juicy Lucy are an idol? Well, I don't know. Oh, come on. Who? Then there's Mary Adams. Now, just occasionally, mind you. She might be found at a local disco with a wayward look in her eye. You know, thinks a guy's sexy. She'd die if she thought I knew. You're serious, huh? I'm not upset, Keaton. I'm in love. Who else married me? Well, I would marry you. A madman plays a game about Dracula all by himself at the beginning of Deadly Games. He's got black gloves and cigarettes and matches are splayed out across the board. Then he mysteriously inserts his finger into some dirt by a road side shortly after that. Then a woman is having an innocent escapade with the night, draping her clothing on the moonlight when the phone rings. She has the heart of an exhibitionist. Exhibitionism lies somewhere slumbery within her drowsing drawers. And as she is being watched, she dismisses it at first. And she has a lingering phone call. She jokes about it, yet she too is drawn to the idea. It's a party beyond the waves when mustaches were all the rage. When chest hair was prominent and personal. When everybody at the party got to know each other by the pool. When there was a mist. You were just becoming a pool flower, which is like a wallflower, only poolside and chlorinated. It was a night you cared to remember, a night which you tucked into your scrapbook, a night which 
shall know no other night, because the pool flowers understood each other across generations and through mystical other nights when they overlapped each other and snuggled together with each other. The board game, meanwhile, continues. Is it three steps to Frankenstein, or is it across the board to Dracula's castle? What is that bottle with a hose coming out of it? There is a green piece, a gray piece. There is what appears to be a 20-sided die. And there is Frankenstein card, a castle, which looks to be more like where Frankenstein was born. There are lightning bolts coming out of the top, which is why I think that. Uh, yes, there's the killer's black glove. And, of course, there is some bricks. There's some sort of uh, pool or moat in front of the castle. And I wonder if this is a real game. It's hard to make out what some of the words say on the game itself. But one says, safe in gypsy camp, advance to lair. Formula runs out, turn into Dr. Jekyll, lose two victims. Fresh blood restores life, lose two victims. Revived by water, lose one victim. Creature of the Black Lagoon, lose two victims. Creature, damsel lost in forests, wolf howls. I'm unable to read the rest of it because one of the game pieces is covering it. Find harlot at pub, something, one victim. Wounded by silver bullet, bullet go to moon space. And again, there's the bottles with the vials and rubber tubes coming out of them. And he's playing it. Oh, there's the Frankenstein piece actually walking sort of off the board as well. He appears to be playing this by himself, all alone. A game to be played in secret pleasure. And that is a very cruel and unusual murder. Uh, she's going for a midnight swim with bathing suit on, I might add. And he ties her to the vent in the bottom of the pool by a wire. An extremely horrible fate probably awaits her. The detective describes the murder scene in the next uh, kitchen sort of scenario in the film. And it sounds like almost hypothetical the way he's describing it. He doesn't seem overly upset by it. It's like uh, a joke with no punchline. He's making banter, perhaps, but he's relaying some rather grisly details. Could he be the killer? He seems abstracted enough from reality to be one. It doesn't turn out to be a performance flaw. The character truly is sick. He points an unloaded gun at the friend he's been talking about and says, you're dead after he, he pulls the trigger at her course it's not loaded but he has a cool and cold demeanor in extreme detachment the killer likes to smoke a lot there are always uh, stacks of cigarette butts wherever he travels from wherever he calls he also appears to love isle of the dead a lot a film which we did a podcast about some weeks ago here at pink midnight uh but uh is that the killer I'm unsure. The killer's always wearing the mask and the black 
but uh, it seems to be implied that he could be. He's impervious to the flames. As he smokes, maybe the cigarettes give him strange and magnetic powers that move him beyond fires, beyond the burning. Your love was based around popcorn, narrated kisses, drinking beer in the movie theater, a hairy, monstrous hand crawling through your bedchamber, through the spokes of the bicycles of your dreams and in between the banisters of your home. There are cats and there are canaries. In this case, a young gentleman says he loved the war in Vietnam, that he was at peace there. While she sits between two adoring lovers at a movie theater and talks in her mind about all the articles she'll write for her music magazine, all the concerts she'll attend, dress smartly in a blouse and jeans, and her feet will dance with the soul of rock and roll. Today is not the same. Today the heroine has to save herself. It's a romantic, firelit evening in the woods, and she's questioning dating a married fellow. But perhaps the heroine will save herself from the smoking killer. Rather traditional, a wool face mask, which he wears. It was a big deal around the fire, Mike. It was a big deal because the flames were crackling. The branches were breaking from heat. The bugs were afraid and stayed away. I took off my shirt. You put the blanket over me. My blonde hair was tousled back and forth. We slept under the branches, a warm blanket by a hillside far away from the houses. Mike, though, disappeared beneath the fire. He kind of glided away to a disco beat. I wandered in the bar, my hair set as it should be, bit of a helmet kind of haircut. I walked past the cigarette machine on which a red candle glowed. I was reminded of the fire in the woods, but Mike was no longer here. Had he climbed the leaves on the walls? Had he turned away and disappeared into the red bricks, the red brick banister, possibly a fake red brick banister? She cast her sensuality like a spell and in the shadows of the night and the shadows of the bedposts she writhed and kissed with true peach passion and every time he blinked he fogged out the night and the lights and the whispering moon it was time to feel something of the alarm time to feel something of the disco the sheets were loose yet draped appropriately to hide. When you hear the disco from afar, you become a somnambulist, some ambulance, some animal, some one dancing to the serpents, 
Some one dancing to the neon lights, the glitter. These kind of things happen, or maybe it's as if you don't really love me anymore. The will-o'-the-wisps around the woods. We're back in a wooden bedroom, and he's reaching for the nightstand, opening a drawer. He's wide awake. Is Mike the killer? No, no, no. It can't be. I'll sleep. I'll run away. I'll dread the day that Mike would ever kill again. But yet, he never killed, or did he? Yes, he was a killer in my dreams, but dreams are nothing. They are meaningless. It is only the Mike that I know, but he is whispering away into the shadows. Who is this chain-smoking killer from the shadows? It is not Mike, must he know? Must he desert his former self? Must he desert his true self? Must he form a mask? Must he form a red mask? Must he form a mold? Must he disappear into the ceiling? Is he a musky guy? Is he a musty die? And, you know, this is what we really strive for here at Pink Midnight. We want to produce very accurate summaries and also to make fun of the movies because uh, we are immortal. That's why. We are actually vampires. All of us. No, that was a total joke. We love these movies. And I'm looking at a very brilliant shot right now. Toward the end of the film... Uh, it's the killer, Mike, sitting in a corner, uh, a dead body in the foreground, kind of laid back on the bed. Really interesting framing and use of shadows, tons of shadows. This would make a great painting. Very dramatic, very haunting image. I'm going to put this image um, on the Instagram and Facebook page if you want to check it out uh, alongside the cover from somewhere. And I am streaming this one from Arrow, uh, which has become my favorite streaming channel. Some people might look at it at first and think, well, well, quantity-wise, you know, there's other sites that have so many more movies. But Arrow has just great selection of quality pulp films. So really recommend you check out the Arrow streaming service if you haven't already. It's become my favorite alongside uh, Criterion, definitely. Another interesting thing about that shot, unique I should say, is the amount of time that it's held. It seems to be held for a slightly longer duration than we'd see in a typical uh, slasher film. And in many ways this is a typical slasher film, but it seems like there's uh, some sort of attempts at uh, you know making some of the images a little more painterly. And I uh, hope to eventually get the blu-ray of this one I'm just, again i'm just streaming this one right now uh but yeah it's a really beautifully shot film i'm not sure who the director of photography is but also a beautifully edited film you know when you're talking about making a film you're talking about a different palette right how long a shot is held is the film language the pace and rhythm of the film very different effect than a comic book or a you know, book or a painting. It's totally its own thing. Buried alive. She's being buried alive. There's nothing in this town. This isn't my life. City and party. I'm a good cop. 
but nothing ever happens here. I just thought I'd have a little fun with Linda. She fell through that window. I just wanted to scare her. Teach her a lesson. But I liked her. And each time it just got better and better. It was like our game, only it was real. I use that board to give it a sense of order. That's an incredible feeling, you know. You hold someone's life in your hands, and because you choose, the life passes out of them. Now there's a game again. Thank you for tuning in to Pink Midnight. We hope you have enjoyed your stay in this haunted hotel, in this abandoned palace, in this opulent field of nowhere grass.